and welcome to our podcast series, My Grandparents, My Parents and I. My name is Sarah Myers. Today you'll hear a conversation that I had with Mr. Verona Woodley. Thanks for listening. Well, good afternoon, Verona. I'm just going to ask you a few questions about the, your Windrush experience. How was life for your parents and grandparents before they came to England? Well, like many others, they didn't have a very posh life, uh, very down to earth. Mum, dad, two children at the time. Um, when dad decided to come to England, they sold the family home to be able to afford the fare for my dad to come on the boat. Um, so when that happened, mum moved back to her mother's house with the two children and stayed there until dad was able to afford to bring her to England. Okay. And I think that's one of the things people don't realise when they think about that, like our grandparents and parents coming over on, on, on the boat, that they actually owned land and mm-hmm. they owned properties. Mm-hmm. They weren't, do you know what I mean? They were regular yeah. working class people. I was very surprised when mum told me that they owned their home because mm. I didn't see that and never heard that before. Yeah. She said it wasn't a massive house. It was a, a small two bedroomed house. Uh-huh. Um, but that was their spot and their land. And mm-hmm. obviously to, they needed to sell it in order for dad to raise the money. So there was no money in the bank or, yeah. you know, savings. Um, they were just living hand to mouth, but they did have their own home. They had their own. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think that definitely gets lost. In In the story, it gets lost. Like, you know, um, when I was little and I would look in their books about Jamaica and it looked like they were little in little, you know, the little huts, t- little huts yeah. and the, the corrugated tin iron, roof, yeah, iron yeah. roof. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's really empowering when we hear about people actually owning land and owning properties mm-hmm. and it puts a different slant on things right. and that they actually sold those, that land and property to come here. That's so a d- big sacrifice that I think is sacrifice. missing. Yeah. Um, because if you think about it, that'd be like my husband saying to me, right, we're going to sell the house so I can go off to Spain yeah. and you go back to your mum's house with the two children. Yeah. You know, in, in today's society, we'd be really shocked if our partner said that to us. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a massive sacrifice. It definitely mm. was. It was. So tell us about their family life. Has your, uh, you know, has your mum or dad shared anything with you about what it was like for, you know, um, yet they sort of were regular working class people. But what was the life like for them? When they came to England? When they were in Jamaica. Oh, when they were in Jamaica. So mum didn't have a job. Her job okay. was the two children. Mm-hmm. Um, and dad worked in the fields. Right. Um they had their father owned land, right? And so they did sugarcane. Oh, okay. Um, so he helped his father with the the planting of sugarcane and the reaping of it. Yeah, okay. And whereabouts in Jamaica are your family from? So my dad was from Hanover, a place okay. called Marchtown, right? And my mum is from Westmoreland, a place called Sheffield. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see the colonisation there. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Was she surprised when she found out there's a place in, in England called Sheffield? No, because she knew in Jamaica they, they taught the history, so they taught about right. the different invasions that happened in Jamaica. Yeah. Who came. We've got Spanish town when the Spanish came. You know, so again, when every time we've visited Jamaica mm-hmm. as her children or her grandchildren, she takes great pride in taking us to places like Little London, um, again, which is coming from Britain, and explaining the history behind um, those things. Yeah, 
Yeah. There's a beautiful history in Jamaica, you know, I think. And again, we only hear about certain parts. We don't hear about the other parts Mm. sometimes. Okay, so... um, so when when your mum joined, how old was she when she joined? When mum came, she was 22. Wow. Um, when dad came, he was 30. Okay. Um, but there is an eight, there's eight, ten years difference between them. So okay. dad came, I believe, in uh, 59 and mum mm-hmm. came in 61 stroke. Yeah, 61, January 61, I believe. And what did she say? Because most people have said, why when I learn it cool, you know? My mum, when I asked her that question, she said um, she came on a plane. My dad came on a boat, but mum came on a plane. Mm -hmm. And she said when she came and stepped out of the airport air carrier, Mm -hmm. she said there was lots of broken stuff, broken aeroplanes, lots of junk. Mm -hmm. So when she first stepped off the plane, her first thought was England is full of trash. Wow. Um, she said then when she started on the, she got on a minibus to get to Birmingham to get to my dad. And um, she said on the journey on the minibus, she just remembers seeing lots of leaves. She said it was um, autumn, late autumn. Mm-hmm. So all the leaves had fallen off the ground, off the trees. And it was just littered everywhere. The leaves were everywhere. And she said she felt the country was very dirty. Yeah. Um, she'd just come from Jamaica where the airport was clean. And tied in, there was no junk there. The planes were all usable planes. Um, And then so to come off and step off in that, she thought she'd made a big mistake. She said straight away she wanted to go home. Um, But she knew she had to get to my dad. And then she said as she got into the city of Birmingham, she saw lots of houses with smoke coming out the top. And um, obviously in Jamaica, they don't have fires in their houses. Yeah. Um, they don't have chimneys in their yeah. houses. So her f- first thought was all these houses are factories. Um, and it wasn't until she was brought into one of them to join with my father um, that she realised actually this is how people heat their homes. Wow. Um, and that was the smoke coming out of the chimney. I think that was a big, uh, it's a big one for quite a lot of per- people that first came, especially if they came autumn, winter. And they saw the smoke coming out of the chimney. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what's that? Yeah. You know, because it's completely foreign. And I think as well, people do not realise how Jamaica is. You know what I mean? It's hot. Mm-hmm. It's clean. Mm-hmm. You know. There's no fires in there's, the house. There's no fires in the house. Um, there's air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, you don't have central heating. But it's a complete opposite to England when England's cold in winter it's they've never experienced it I remember one year my grandma coming over I think it was 77 and it snowed heavily that that year and my grandma was she when she woke and looked out the window and seen the snow coming down she she went to she was crying and said to my mum manners falling from heaven she really thought God was coming um and we had to explain to her that it snowed you know pick it up and let her feel it and um, so that was the first time in her life she'd ever seen snow. Yeah. And we was giggling as children. Mm-hmm. I think I was a seven. We was all giggling, you know, like how comes Nanny doesn't know what snow is. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously when you visit Jamaica and understand the climates of Jamaica, you understand they've never seen snow. So they don't never. know how and to dress for seasons. They have basically. It gets a bit chilly. Yeah, there may be two seasons yeah, we could give maybe them. Maybe two. <laughs> um, but in England we have four. Exactly. 
And um, I also think as well, the land is so plentiful. Like, okay, like you can pick apples off the tree here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in Jamaica, you can pick a mango off mm-hmm. the tree. You can pick aki from mm-hmm. the tree. You, you can, can pick so many things. So many things. Um, coconuts mm-hmm. and that kind bananas. of is a, bananas. So it's a completely Plums. different, you know, it's a completely different environment mm-hmm. to, to being here. So what was life like in England? What what work did they go into? Was it a bit of a culture shock in terms of the fact that maybe they were working class in Jamaica and yeah, li- living hand to mouth, but being able to afford a property and then coming here. And I know that some people lived in rooms with the, the husband, the wife and the children. Mm-hmm. I think the one, I think the most that I knew of, there was eight of them in a room, like a family. Mm-hmm. So what was it like? So, uh, so um, for my mum and dad, they were in a room. Right. My mum, when my mum came, um, my dad was in a single room in a shared house. Um, mum, they weren't able to afford to bring my then two older brother and sister um, over at the same time as mum. So it was just mum and dad at that time. So it took them two years to save the money to bring over my oldest brother and sister, which right. they did after two years. Um, but their working life was, dad worked in a factory. Um, first of all, actually, dad was on the railway. Right. Um, following the railway, he went into a factory. And mum did a lot of piecework in factories, polishing, jobs like that in right. factories. She did relay a story to me about um, one day, she said she used to work really, really hard polishing these, whatever the items were after the men had done what they needed to do with them in the factory, they'd pass them to the ladies and the ladies would polish. Mm-hmm. And um, she said she worked, she worked really, really hard and she made friends in the factory. And one day she said one of the white ladies came up to her and said, um, Iris, how much are you getting paid? So mum said she showed her her wage slip. Mm-hmm. And she said the woman looked back at her and said, Iris, this really isn't fair. She didn't disclose what she was on. But she did say to mum, this really isn't fair and you should go and speak to the boss. So mum did go and speak to the boss and and apparently the boss said um, he knows that she works extremely hard. However, he can't afford to pay her anymore. So um, that was clear to mum that she was being paid less than others, um, but she still continued in the job. Mm -hmm. But back then she said it was really easy to get a job. She said you could move from one, leave a job today, get another job within an hour. Um, so the setup in England and what was needed in England, there, there were work available. Um, so she did that for a few years until they made the decision that they were going to stay because the original plan was stay for five years, yeah. save enough money and go back home, buy a house again and pursue life in Jamaica. Um, but then when mum came, shortly after she came, she fell pregnant with my sister, first one born in England. So circumstances had changed. So she, they decided um, instead of going back, yeah. they would seek their future, stay, keep their future in England. So at that point, mum then worked as well as went to college. Your parents decided to stay because of the birth of your first older sister, sister mm-hmm. the, uh, the first one born in England. England. What was that like? So um, it was a home birth. Mm-hmm. Mum said it was really difficult because my brother, who had come, um, he hadn't been with her for two years. I think he was five when she left Jamaica. Right. So um, settling him down with her, she said, was difficult. But she was pregnant at the time. 
but she said, you know, she he wouldn't ask her for a biscuit. If he needed anything, he'd ask my older sister to ask my mum for it. So she had to work with him to build a relationship again with him. That got sorted out, straightened out. She said she'd have to have him in her bed at night in between her and my dad to make him know that he was loved and uh, stuff like that. And then she said when my sister came along, he was extremely jealous. Right. Um... Of my of the new baby, right? Um, the older sister wasn't, but my brother was, and that she said that took a number of years to work its way out, right? Um, so yeah, so that was difficult, um, as well as having after she had my second sister, the first one in England, she got pregnant shortly after that again. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so at one point there was um, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old. A baby mm-hmm. um, and one in the belly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a testing time for them. Um, but, yeah, she, she, I don't know how. I mean, she's told us stories of taking us to charm minders and back then they'd be terrifying nappies. Yeah. And um, she'd take us with our bag of clean nappies and she'd come and pick us up with and be given a bag of dirty nappies. Sometimes they wouldn't even shake out the contents. Yeah. Um, of those nappies for the yeah. day while she was at work. Um, back then, they didn't have washing machines like we do, so it was a hand wash. If they were lucky, they had a, um, the old-fashioned washing machine that yeah. you put it in the top. Yeah, the twin um, tubs. Yeah, twin tub, that's the one. Um, so, yeah, so life wasn't easy. She had children. My dad didn't really want her to work. Right. Um, he wanted her to stay at home and look after the children, which is what would have happened if they were in Jamaica. Yeah. However, mum could see that one wage wouldn't be enough for them to save, to buy a house and do the things they needed to do they for needed. the children. Wow. So it's kind of a tough life. Mm -hmm. And I think when we hear the rhetoric, it's kind of like, oh, they came and they didn't they didn't contribute. Oh, no. But we know that not to be true. That I I was looking at a study once and it it showed that like in the black community, there was not this systemic worklessness. The families were hardworking, sometimes working working maybe two or three jobs. Mm to maintain a standard of living that they were accustomed to Mm -hmm. in Jamaica. That's right. Do you know what I mean? The standard of living in Jamaica was quite high Mm -hmm. and they came here and wanted to establish that. Do you think that Britain fulfilled their dreams of security, education, professional development for them or more for their children? I think more for their children. It did for them Mm -hmm. because they did go on to buy a house. Yeah. Um, mum went on to learn to drive, mum went on to buy a car. So, yeah, they had uh, financial stability. Right. But I think the motto always in our house was, you guys are going to do better than I did. Yeah. So my mum always pushed us to do better than she did. Education Mm -hmm. was a real point that they pushed in the homes because education they have to they don't pay for it in Jamaica, but they have to buy uniform, they have to buy the books, they have to buy the pens, the pencils. Everything that's needed has to be bought by the parents in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So some children don't get to go to school because of the cost. And where in England, school was free. Um, You got a free school meal. 
you know, there was lots of benefits. So she often pushed us to excel in education because she wanted all of us to be financially stable in our adult life. Yeah. And and they accomplished that, all five of us, five children. Um, we're all stable, we're all working. Four of us have bought our own homes. Three of us have been to university. One is a doctor, a doctorate, has a doctorate in medicine. So, yeah, so we have achieved more mm-hmm. than what she set out um, for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but for herself and my dad, yes, I do believe they did get that. Mm-hmm. However, it wasn't without battle. Yeah. I remember mum telling me a story about getting dressed up to go to church one Sunday. And normally my dad would walk her to church, but my dad wasn't feeling well. He didn't go to church, but he'd walk her and, and pick her up because of the racism and things mm-hmm. that, that was they could face. And she said, my dad wasn't feeling well that Sunday. So she said, it's all right. I'll, you know, take the journey alone. I'll be fine. So she set out in a lovely Sunday best clothes and she said she encountered a group of skinheads and teddy boys mm-hmm. and they all started to attack her verbally. Um, one of them shouted, spat at her yeah. and said, um, why don't you go back to where you come from? And she said that she walked away in tears. She was shaken, physically shaken. Um, and if it wasn't for her faith... Um, she probably wouldn't have come out of the house again and would have gone back to Jamaica at that point. Um, so um, it wasn't, them achieving wasn't without a lot of racism, a lot of barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had this tenacity about, their generation had this resilience mm-hmm. where they just kept fighting. They yeah. just kept going until they did have their own homes, they did have their own cars, they started to develop professionally. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I was saying my mum went on to become a nursery nurse. She went to college, um, did some education and went on to be a nursery nurse, ended up working for social services nurseries for 22 years. And that's the position in which she retired from. Right. Um, and then after close to retirement, I remember her coming home and telling us around the Sunday dinner that she was about to embark on a degree yeah. in social care. Wow. And she actually did achieve that at, uh, I think she was 57 when she started. And she, she did it for three years and got her degree the same year she retired. That's lovely. Yeah, so she did go on to achieve. That's so nice. I think when you listen to how our grandparents our parents fought for their own rights and they fought for their children as Mm -hmm. well I think that's also sometimes missed in the fact that the sacrifices like you said those sacrifices and when they got here the other sacrifice was enduring racism Mm -hmm. you know and rising up against it as well and ensuring that their children the same opportunities that white children were having in terms of access to education. Mm -hmm. They were making sure, well, if this is what this uh, country values, my kid's going to have the same thing Mm -hmm. as well. And we see a lot of that. We see a lot of, even my age, our generation, with degrees and even, you know, our parents' generation with degrees or getting them later on in life, you know, the the, the thing was buying the house, Mm -hmm. making sure you got a house, you had your own place to stay, not relying on the government, which is what people here did. There was a lot of, let's just, well, the government's going to give it to us. Whereas in our communities, I think it was very different. It was like, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. Exactly that. 
thank you for listening to our interview with Miss Verona Woodley. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you want more information about the story of the Windrush, check out the show notes for useful links to websites.